Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Be seated. I want us to get to the word as quick as possible, and then I'll give you some space to declare over your life and over your family. Hallelujah. This is going to be a sort of do-it-yourself service. If you know, if you've been in church for a while, if you understand um, the popular church deliverance lingua. You know what they call do it yourself. Amen. Believers' authority too. And for this second part, our emphasis will be that Satan is falling. Can you say that one to go? Turn your Bibles again, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. The text that we started with earlier, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Read together with me, one, two, go. Behold. Come on, are you with me? Read, turn it to NKJV quickly. We, we, we said NKJV is a better rendering. One, two, go. Behold, I give you the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means. Listen, let me just tell you this. Camp meetings. They really take from you physically. And I know that some of you have been here since morning. You prayed for long in the morning. But you must make sure your energy level doesn't drop. Because there's a level of participation you ought to have. For the word of God to have a stare in your soul. Come on, are you with me? And I'm not saying that because I want to preach a good sermon. I just want to make sure that your spirit is open. For the word of God to penetrate as it should. Read this text again louder than you did the first time. One, two, go. Behold, I give you the authority... To trample on what? And what? And over what? And nothing shall bear any means. Just in case you didn't know, serpents and scorpions were just metaphors for the authority of the enemy. And that's why it says serpents and scorpions and over all the ability of the enemy. Come on, are you with me? You know, and that imagery came from Genesis 3 and has surfaced in several different places. So when the Bible says, um, this sign shall follow them that believe, in my name they shall cast out devils, it says they shall take up serpents, right? And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Those were metaphors of the ability of the enemy. Praise the Lord. You may need that one day. So two simple facts of authority that I want to emphasize. Number one, and which is what we discussed in the afternoon, I am a son. Praise the Lord. Were you blessed by the teaching in the afternoon? What did I say is number one? I'm a son of God. I said that is the greatest revelation of authority. Sonship. The greatest level of authority. Sonship. In the spiritual hierarchy, after God will be his sons, before angels. In the spiritual hierarchy. And so it is something you must understand. When Paul was striving to explain to you authority, he explained it hierarchy-wise. In Ephesians chapter 2, he says you are seated with Christ. 
Do you understand? He had quickened us together and made us to sit together with him in heavenly places. And he told us in the first chapter that that heavenly places is far above. Come on, say far above. Principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. We're going to come back to that very soon. But listen, you need to understand that you are a son and that's a rank. You know, the Bible says that he has translated us, come on, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of what? All right, so he has brought you into the kingdom for sons. And listen, that immediately means that the devil has, has, has lost right of ownership over you. Just by your being born again. You've been translated. You belong to the region of the dead before. And the devil could hold sway over you. But legally and positionally, he has no right over you anymore. Say loud amen if you believe that. So you have ceased to be a pawn for his silly games. You cease to be a pawn for his silly games. You don't belong to that realm anymore. You don't belong to that kingdom anymore. You must know this, embrace it, and believe it. And number two, fact as authority is concerned, number one is you are a child of God, you are a son of God. Number two is this, Satan is falling. Satan is falling. Please, what did I say number two is? One, two, go. And I want to, again like I did in the afternoon, explain this theologically. What do we mean Satan is falling? At what time did he fall? And how did he fall? You see, when we talk about the fall of the enemy, we are not talking about one event. And pop, contrary to popular Christian teaching, that before the foundation of the world, Lucifer convinced one third of the angels to fight against God. And first and foremost, there is no proper biblical backing for that. It's all conjecture. And one famous Bible teacher started it and everybody copied, you know, feelings. Dennis Dix, I think that's his name, was, was a blessing to the body of Christ. But that is one of the many areas in which I beg to differ. Come on, are you with me? For something that significant, you should have strong scriptural backing for it. So generally there are three falls. Number one is or was in the garden of eden so in the fall of man there was also the fall of the enemy it wasn't only man that received a verdict from god because of what he had done the serpent also received a verdict from god isn't that true i want you to look at this text again one of the texts that is used to talk about what happened you know in heaven but let us look at it and you will see something maybe it never stood out to you Look at Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13. This is one of the texts that people used to talk about Lucifer, right? And how he fell. What is the first thing that was mentioned here? Everybody read the first sentence, want to go. You were where? Come on, you were where? Oh, so he was in Eden. Just to be sure that it is the Eden you have in mind. You were in Eden. What did he call Eden? What? So that's the garden in Genesis. 
You were in Eden, the garden of the Lord. Every precious stone was your covering, sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, oinks, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald, and gold. The workmanship of timbrel and pipes was prepared thou on that day that you were created. And then what does the next verse say? It says, you were the anointed cherub that covers and I established you and you were on the mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stone. So much to be said about all of this, but we'll move on. It says, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So iniquity found him in Eden. And so in trying to tempt man, he also fell. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't worry. I wish we had more time. We'll expand this some other time. Look at verse 17. It says, you were lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of splendor. He says, I cast you to the ground. And I laid you before kings that they may gaze on you. Some other day, we will unpack this. But just so you know, a lot of great theologians agree with me on this. The second fall, and I tried to touch on that earlier, was in the days of Noah, right? Come on, I said, right? I want to be sure you're following. So in Genesis chapter 6, the Bible tells us that the sons of God came to be with the daughters of men, and the results were giants. Now, let me tell you this, because someone will ask you, It has been a major debate point for atheists on the goodness of God. Why would God ask people to go to a land, destroy everybody, don't spare anything or anyone? Why would God do that? One thing you need to know is that all the places where God did that, they had one thing in in common. There were giants in the land. Now, do you remember when they sent spies? Come on. When they came back, what did they say? They were giants. And we were like ants in their eyes. So listen, that conquest was against giants. And they were not real humans. So that conquest was a preservation of the true humanity, not the execution of humans. So from that time of Noah, giants were on the earth. And if you check, the Amorites, all those, all those nations that God was constantly warring against. That's one thing they all had in common. Because if it was just about God's people, Egypt did worse. But all God told Egypt is, let my people go that they may save me. That's all. The instruction was not to wipe out all of them. So every nation that needed to be wiped out and not spared... They had those things in common. The Philistines too. That one is a popular story. Goliath, right? Every nation that God's people had to contend with, they had those things in common. Goliath was not the only one. He had brothers. So, just put some more study on your own. So, the fallen angels came to be with the daughters of men. They produced giants as children. All right? You know, so, I mean, why did the, I mean, how could the angels have done that? They fell. They saw the the daughters of men, the Bible clearly says they were beautiful. And so they wanted to be with them. So that is another fall. Come on, are you with me? Now, the third one I want to talk about 
is something that happened when the Tower of Babel was to be built. I'm choosing my words carefully, but I don't want to digress. When the Tower of Babel was to be built, the Bible tells us that God scattered their language, and then the people groups from different languages scattered throughout all the earth, right? Have you read that story before Genesis 11? Now, when that happened, God also did something, and a lot of people do not know this. Put on your thinking caps now, right? We're going into Bible study now. Because you see, when we're talking about authority in Christ, it must be understood. It's not just by fervence. He said, behold, I give you power. There is what to behold. Look at Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8. Hallelujah. Everybody read Deuteronomy. Everybody read it together. One to go. When the Most High divided their inheritance to nations, when he separated the sons of Adam and set the boundaries of the people according to the number of... Now, some translations like NKJV and KJV says, children of Israel. Some others like NLT say, heavenly courts. Some literally say angels. He established the boundaries of the people according to the number of his heavenly courts. Some say angels. So now the question is, which is correct? First thing to consider, at the time of this writing, there really wasn't, strictly speaking, a nation called Israel. Had they been to the promised land yet? They hadn't. Had they been established as a nation? Not quite. So there was no Israel at the time. And then I can tell you um, some old scrolls, especially like the Dead Sea Scrolls, actually says angels. So now let me explain what is happening. When the nations were separated, God appointed over them a spiritual overseer, not like a king. Come on, are you with me? But just someone in charge of that territory, an angel. Follow very closely. But then the Bible tells us something happened. Go to Psalm chapter 82 that we read earlier. Psalm 82 verse 1. Oh my God, we have to move fast. Psalm 82 verse 1. It says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. Remember congregation of mighty we talked about in the afternoon, right? He says, he judges amongst the gods. So now, God wants to judge the judges. Because he put them in charge of all these territories and he found that they were not judging faithfully, right? So it seems as if, not it seems as if, from every strict Bible interpretation, this was another fall. That some people who were put in charge of these territories, some of these angels, they became rebel angels. Come on, are you with me? They wanted all those authority for themselves. And so they began to judge unjustly and became rebel angels. Follow me now. Look at verse 2. It says, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Verse 3. 
defend the poor and the fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and to the needy. And then he goes on and on, and then eventually he is like God gets angry, and he says, I have said you are gods, and that you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men. That scripture that we keep using for humans was referring to angels. If they were not men, is, are there any human beings who don't die? So he couldn't have been talking to men. He says, I said you are God, you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. So that was a judgment. Come on, are you with me? But you see, the rebellion seemed to grow. And then you begin to discover that in different cities, there was now a parallel negative government. Follow what I'm about to say now. So, for instance, you come to the book of Daniel. There is a government amongst men, and there is a parallel negative government. You start hearing things like Prince of Persia. And that's a spirit being. And in the natural, in the palace, there is a prince. But there is another prince. Ay, my God. Listen, if you understand what I'm teaching you tonight, you will understand spirit warfare. I call it demons in politics. Influencing legislature against the church. Influencing legislature against God's people. You, you must understand this. If you want to war properly, you must understand this. Turn your Bibles, the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 10. So, demonstrably, these fallen angels were initially with God, put in charge of these nations to do God's biddings, and then they rebelled. Are you following this? This is very important. And so when you read carefully, you will even see that Michael was God's angel in charge of Israel, but he didn't rebel. Oh. Anyway, let's continue. Hmm. Before we come to Daniel, let's read a text that will now come alive to you. Look at Jude verse 6. Jude verse 6. It says, and the angels, oh, is this coming alive now? And the angels who did not keep their proper domain. So it meant that angels had spiritual jurisdiction. And these warrior angels, guardian angels, were put in charge of nations to execute the biddings of God there. But they rebelled. And this is how God responded. KJV says, the angels that kept not their first estate. I, I like KJV on that one. Because now he's, he's using like a real estate term, right? To talk about territory. Domain. He says, but they left their own habitation. They left their spiritual place. He says, he had reserved them in everlasting chains under darkness and judgment. Now, so you come to Daniel chapter 10 verse 20. Very quickly. Daniel chapter 10 verse 20. Daniel had been praying. It looked like no answer had come. By the way, all of this cannot happen again because of Christ. Amen, somebody? And then Gabriel has to explain. From the first time you prayed, 
I was sent on account of your words. But then there was a problem. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight the who? It wasn't just one person. He says, and when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. Hey, my God. All these territories had government. Too. But there was another government, a parallel negative government, walking behind the scenes, influencing things for the kingdom of darkness. And so why did it take Gabriel time? Because the truth is this. These princes actually had formally legitimate rights in those territories. It is just that the right has been corrupted. And that's why it took time. Because it's their territory. They are the princes there. Gabriel had to call for help. Please, are you following this? He says, when I'm done facing the prince of Persia, then the prince of Greece will come. I want to take some time to deviate and, and tell you, you must be aware of this. You know, you know, something was happening. There are two extremes of the church. I don't know why the church has to lean to one extreme all the time. First and foremost, there was a time all we wanted to do about Nigeria was pray. And things were not getting better because it's a simple principle. It says that when a wicked man holds authority, the people mourn. It's a, it's a principle. You don't vote with cat people and wonder why the poor is crying. You are breaking a spiritual law. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to find a way to put the right people there. But anyway, then we came to another extreme. Because of the frustration, you know, and it seemed like we were praying and things were not getting better. People now say, oh, stop praying. We've been praying since. Go get your PVC. Please, it is not either or. Both are important. Listen to me. There are parallel governments, spirit entities behind the scenes. Even wicked people, for instance, have empathy. Do you know what it means for a king to wake up and say, mm, every child under two, kill them? You think it's ordinary? Spirit entities. Happened in the days of Moses. Happened in the days of Christ. You think it's ordinary? It was a war against God's heritage. Please, are you listening to me? And listen, these things, you have to understand that these people were fallen in, they are fallen angels. So, uh, some of these things, there are the principles of God that they have corrupted. What I'm saying happens in the kingdom too. God influences government when he needs to. Let me give you a simple example. The prophecy was this, that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. But at the time that Mary had conceived, they were not in Bethlehem. So what was going to happen? The pagan king, it seemed like a good idea. He, it, 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 it was as if he just came up with an idea. He suddenly decided there will be a census. Bring everybody to Bethlehem. Are you listening to me? Till, till he died, he didn't know why he did it. That was why, first and foremost, they had to come to Bethlehem and then there was no room in the inns. 
That's why he had to be born in the manger. Is that making sense now? Because it, it, the whole Bethlehem was overpopulated. But it was so, so that that prophecy about the Messiah will be fulfilled. He just woke up and said, I will do this. He doesn't know why. Come on, are you with me? So the same way God influences, is not only God. The devil tries to do it too. Parallel governments. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and what? And what? Listen, listen. These are governmental ranks. Oh my God. Are you with me? So these were ranks of government in those days. And in the spirit realm, those ranks exist. We wrestle against governors and magistrates. It's like they still kept their hierarchy when they fell, but in the negative. They don't all have the same rank. And they are surprisingly ordered, orderly. But you have to understand this. Principalities, powers, we wrestle not. Ephesians chapter 6, right? Verse 12. Please, are you learning this? Come on, is it getting clearer? Mm -hmm. So what has God done about it? What has God done about it? And when you understand this, your life will change forever. Oh my God. Listen. So listen, from the eye of carnal observation, you just think that Jesus went through all that he went through and there is no reason to, 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 to connect what he did to the church, to the whole celestial body, but, but I mean, um, to the whole ecclesia. But follow closely. From the eyes of an observer, it looked like Jesus was a good man, a prophet. He was wrongly accused. He was killed. He died. He rose again. Oh, thank God. Jesus was raised from the dead. But then Paul makes you understand something. He draws your mind first and foremost to statements that Jesus made. When Jesus said, for instance, he says, I will build my church. And the gates of the grave will not prevail against it. Now, you're wondering, is Jesus who is going to die? But he said, the grave, the grave will not prevail against the church. What's he saying? He's saying, oh my God, follow me closely. He's full, let, me, let me start with an illustration he gave in John chapter 12. You know what he said? He said, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth what? Much fruit. It brings forth what? All right, so he's explaining how his death will impact the church. Just like in agriculture, you plant one seed, a tree germinates, the tree has branches, the branches have fruits, the fruits have seeds. He's saying that even if he's the only one that will die, his impact will touch all of us. Amen, somebody. That when he dies, just like the principle in agriculture, he will bear much fruits. This is how come the death of Jesus benefited you. Follow closely. And so he says, Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of the grave will not prevail against it. So now, even if it was only Jesus who was on the cross, it was only Jesus who died. It won't be only Jesus who will rise. You know what the Bible says? It says, 
you were buried with him by baptism. See, so baptism is a spiritual operation that explains how we became beneficiaries of Christ's work. It looks like in the realm of the spirit, you were put into Christ so that everything he did, it will be as though you did it. Come on, are you with me? It says you were buried with him so that you were raised together with him and made to sit together with him in heavenly places. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 as fast as possible. Open your Bibles quickly. This is so powerful. He says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love where we love those, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, made us alive together. This is a language of revelation. Come on, are you with me? From the eye of observation, one person went to the grave, one person came out. But from the eye of revelation, he says he made us alive together. So if you saw only one person come out of the grave, you didn't see well. You need to clean your lenses and see through the lens of God and his cross and see that he died as one, but he rose as many. The writer of Hebrews said he has brought many souls to glory. Hallelujah. He has raised us alive together with Christ. He says, by grace you are saved. He calls it grace because you didn't have to do the work. All you did was believe. And in the eyes of justice, you died. You were buried and you rose. Say loud, amen. amen. And then look at the next verse. Oh, this is a language of authority. He raised us up together and made us sit together. In heavenly places. So by faith in Christ, by your connection to Christ, your rank has changed. Listen, when he says sit, he's not talking about a literal seat. Otherwise, literally, are you not in Portacourt? Are you not seated here? You are seated in the Act Conference Center. So he's describing spiritual rank. Come on, are you with me? Listen. In the parts of this country where we still have kings, if a king should stand up from his physical throne and go to the bedroom, is he not still on the throne? Are you still getting it now? If he goes to the kitchen, is he not still on the throne? If he goes outside to a functionary, is he still not on the throne? So you don't have to be literally seated to be seated. So this sitting is talking about a rank. You may be here in Portacot on this blue chair, but spiritually he says we are seated together. Glory to God. Seated together with Christ. In heavenly places. And so Paul is praying that this revelation will dawn on you. He says that the eyes of your understanding will be flooded with light. To know the hope of his calling. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The exceeding greatness of his power. Us world who believe. So, oh, I like that language. He's saying... When what God did in Christ, he did for you. He says, the power that raised Jesus from the dead was not just for Christ, was for you. So he says, it takes revelation to see the power of world who believe. Not just in Christ who died. Come on, are you with me? He says, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now, I want you to follow closely. He says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which 
verse, next verse, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So now, it is in chapter 2 that we know we are seated with him. Now, he's telling you Christ is seated. And listen, he's telling you the position and the authority accrued to that seat. Are you with me? He says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Everybody read verse 21 as loud as you can. One, two, go. Far above all. And what? And what? And what? Not only in this, but also in what? Oh, glory to God. Listen. All those principalities and powers that you read about in the time of Daniel, that you read about all their names, Prince of Persia, Prince of Greece, whatever their name is, he says you are seated with Christ far above, not just above them, but far. Come on, are you with me? They are all under your feet. Oh, Jesus. Listen. This is how... Let me tell you something. What I am telling you is enough for deliverance. Someone who has been oppressed, they've been pressing you every night. You now realize that being that has been coming to you is under your feet. Oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. You mean it. So you, you change your perspective. Now I know. Paul was praying that you may know, that you may know, that you may know. And you respond and say, God, now I know. He said, behold, you must see it. Ah, I'm far, 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 far. By grace, we know be made at all. Far above. Thank you, Jesus. Did you hear what I said? Far above. I want you to picture it. Far above. Far above. If the difference is one inch, it's not far above. If it's one meter, it's not far above. If they can jump and catch you, it's not far above. <laughs> far above look at Hebrews chapter 2 that Hebrews chapter 2 that we were reading earlier this afternoon there's something I just want to emphasize quickly there hmm oh my god I hope that your spirit is catching this uh -huh. these, these are my weapons of war this is what I know take it and war with it Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 5. It says, For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels. All those angels, no matter their rank, principalities, powers, might, dominion, he has not put the world to come in subjection to angels. Do you believe that? Say loud, amen. amen. Oh my God. He says, but one testified in a certain place saying, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you take care of him. You have made him a little lower than the angels, crowned him with glory and honor, and set him over, over what? The works of your hands. Oh my God. 
He says, and have put how many? Come on. You have put all. All, right? How many? Did he say one? Did he say five? Did he say ten? He says he has put how many? All things in subjection under his feet. He says, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing. Oh, Jesus. 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 He left nothing that is not put under him. There is no authority, no rank, no dominion, no power that is not under Christ. And you are in Christ. Are you getting this? It doesn't matter the name of the cult. It doesn't matter the shrine. There is no existing power that is not under the feet of Jesus. Do you believe it? I want you to receive it in your spirit. There is none. None. There is no single mountain that you are going to face in your life that you are not greater than. You will never find a demon that outranks the spirit in you. Did you hear what I said? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I said, did you hear what I said? He has put how many? All things. So, in your lineage, is there any rank greater than you? By the Holy Ghost, you are seated far above. I'm announcing it to you. Do you believe that? Thank you, Jesus. You believe that, do you? He has put how many things under your feet? All, right? Say all things. You believe it, do you? Uh-huh. You believe it? How many things? Thank you, Jesus. You will approach all the demonic confrontations in your family with a new light from today. He has put all things under your feet. <laughs> I have more to say, but I think I can end the sermon here if I want. Say that with me. Say, he has put all things, he has put all things under, the under the feet of Christ. And I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Say, therefore, therefore all, things all things are under my feet. Under my feet. Say, therefore, therefore, I trample on the enemy. I trample upon snakes and scorpions over all the ability of the enemy. Say, and nothing shall by enemies hurt me. Uh, oh, thank you, Jesus. How many things? Come on, I said, how many things? So very quickly before I move on, how then do I exercise my authority? There are things you need to know. Well, let me, let me also say this. How do I know that there is foul play around me? How do I know when the enemy is playing games around me? How can I tell? Just imagine you didn't know what happened in Job. 
you might have thought Job was just unlucky. And that there were just a series of bad events. Are you with me? Think about it. And I don't really have the time to go through why that conversation happened and all that was happening behind the scenes. But we just know this. There was a question in the council in heaven. Have you considered my servant Job? And then what was the response? Oh, he's prosperous because there is a hedge of fire around him. Now, what you see normally from your natural eyes is, oh, he's a brilliant guy. That's why he has a good job. Oh, he's very responsible. That's why his family is blessed. But in the realm of the spirit, there was what? Are you understanding spiritual things now? And so this is what the devil said. He says, remove the edge and see. Now, when that edge was compromised, what happened? A string of negative events. It would have looked normal. Are you with me? It would have looked normal, but it wasn't. All of a sudden, all forms of unfortunate events happening only to you. Wake up. Are you with me? That's not the only way to know, but, but it's one of the simple ways. You just hear, in a season, your mom, this. Your brother has this. Your auntie, your younger, what is going on? Something is wrong. Are you listening to me? As a pastor, every now and then there are emergencies. But there was a particular season. In one day, about eight solid emergencies. What? The first thing the devil did was to try to attack my health. Because, of course, invariably, when your health is affected, you're not able to pray as long, you know, as, you, as you're supposed to. So, listen, I'm very healthy. You know, something interesting happened. I was applying for something, and I needed some medical, whatever, pass or something. That's when I realized I don't have any file in any hospital. I have not been sick in a very long time. God is good to me, you know. But in that season, 2018, from nowhere, and the moment I was down like this, it didn't take, by the next day, oh my God, my phone was buzzing with bad news. Strange news. One of my sons called me. He said, sir, I don't know what is happening. My left hand is not moving. When I say sons, respectfully, everybody's a son. <laughs> but he get the one way go touch you. I'm sorry, I love all of you. <laughs> eh? I said, your hand is not moving. What do you mean by, move it now. <laughs> I began to speak like an African dad. You understand? I said, ah. Your hand is not moving now. I prayed for him, caught the call. Another call. Sir, your daughter is unlucky. She's about to commit suicide. What? I said, I by that time already knew what was happening. I was roaring. I didn't care with the last energy I had. Give her the phone. 
And then she doesn't want to call her, put it on her ear, put it on speaker. You foul devil tormenting her. Let her go now. She fell on the floor. You know, in fact, I hear some of our friends join the church after that because they were like, just <laughs> 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 imagine over the phone, she fell, bam. So they carried her. I said, oh yeah, carry her to the hospital. Another person called almost immediately after. Different places, Lagos, Abuja, Portacot. Ah, ah! They say, um, they are rushing me to the hospital. Heart palpitations. I said, okay, no problem. Even if it's the last thing I will do before I die, we'll go fight this fight. <laughs> I got down from the bed. I, I held something like this. <laughs> we go. Do you understand? It's the realm of the spirit you are allowed to be mad. You, you get mad at Satan. Are you listening to me? You get angry. You begin to use your authority. Enough is what? Enough. I expected you to say it louder. Enough is what? Because maybe Hannah has been going to Hilo religiously, you know, every year. One year. Uh -uh. Even the priest knew something was wrong. What is it, madam? Are you drunk? He said, no, sir. I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord. Some of you don't know what that means. Have you poured out your heart? Have you felt like you went to the place of prayer and left a burden there? Have you emptied your heart before? Praying like this. She was talking, nothing was coming out. Have you, have you broken into that place where, you know, hey, after you have prayed for long, it's now one syllable, it's drawing. Drew, zoo. Eh? Some of you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Many times it's when you are starting that the syllables are plenty. But if when, when you reach a <laughs> some of you know what I'm saying. After a while again, after some hours, mm, mm, you, you will now understand bed punks. You don't even understand. The prophet said, what is going on? Are you drunk at this time of He said, no, sir. Have you prayed and you were like someone that is high? You don't, some of you don't know what I'm saying. You've lost consciousness of your environment. You are staggering. You are pushing things. The devil, see, he, he, the devil needs to see the madness that passes on. Oh, my God. Some of you don't understand what I'm saying. There are some people, the spirit realm has registered it. If you don't have energy, don't touch this one. Don't leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> because you won't start what you can't finish. Every great man of God has that. You see, someone like Pastor Adiboye, he was talking about something. He said he wanted something. So he fasted 100 days. He didn't get it. So he did another 100. You see, those kind of people, before you touch them, you will think twice. Because when they, there are some people, when they hold, they matter. Eh? <laughs> there are some people, when they hold, they matter. Now you go tired. Spiritual tenacity. You dog away, well, they seize it. Some, some will cry and give up. You dog another one. They seize that one. No, no tears, no time. They dog another one. Until 
they left him alone. They said, then he now named the last one Rehoboth. And after they left him, he didn't stop at that. He dug more. He dug seven. <laughs> Maybe if they didn't seize the first one, he would have had only one. He got annoyed. He said, let's go. <laughs> now you go. We did. Okay, Satan, you didn't want to give me one child. I will have five. Are you listening to me? Thank you, Jesus. I, I trample on the enemy. Say, I walk many miracles. Say, I will always be victorious. Say, and I do the impossible. Say, I trample on the enemy, say. I walk man a miracle, say. I will always be victorious, say. And I do the impossible. I trample on I walk many miracles say I will always be victorious say and I do the impossible say sit down let me quickly finish So how do you exercise your authority? Please listen to me because we're getting into the practical now. Mm. Mm. You know, before, 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 sometimes I'll be sleeping and something is pressing me. I'm not talking about sleep paralysis. You know, some people, they are too scientific. I'm brilliant. I went to school. Some people have not seen warfare. That's why you are explaining English. <laughs> you never see press. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it had happened a few times. Then I got born again, filled with the Spirit, was learning all the, some of the things I'm sharing with you. Then one night, I just felt something. You know what I started doing? I was smiling. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth and I lie not. You know why I was smiling? I said, finish, make I do my own. <laughs> you don't understand. My hand in the spirit is long. If, if you run, I will touch you. you. Have you heard? Remember that thing we used to play when we were small? I touch you back. Yes. I, will to- I, I will touch you back. <laughs> I was smiling like, finish. <laughs> finish. As the thing lifted, I got up, I roared like this. Hey, it to go, to go, to go. You know? <laughs> that was the last time. 
I've been hearing one chance, all those things, particularly, I don't know why they're called Alpha. I don't know if they are particularly attached to that religion or what, but they're usually called Alpha. You know, they come you know, and hypnotize you, take your money and all of that. And I was in the mall. As I was just about to come down, I saw one of them, you know, dressed like them, and said, sorry, sir, can I, can I talk to you? So, I was like, it's about to go down, you know. But some of his friends were in the car close by. So when they saw me, they didn't even know me, not because I'm popular. They must have seen something in the spirit. Maybe that one was an apprentice. <laughs> they started shouting, leave him alone. All of them were doing like this in the car. Leave him alone. Come on. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, ah. Now me go hypnotize you. You, 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 <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you go wash cloth, iron. You go, eh. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So what is the protocol? Listen and. The reason why it seems like many people, even churchgoers, they don't really understand authority is because even if you have authority and it's rightly yours, there are some things that you can do if you are not careful and you are just going to bequeath some authority to the devil. There is such a thing as giving place to the enemy. Are you with me? So, and that's why we want to get this out of the way so that what we do can be effective. Look at James chapter 4, verse 7. I, I, want to, I want to show you the order and the protocol. You know, a lot of people just quote, quote the scripture, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's not where it starts. Please, are you with me? James 4, 7. Before he says resist the devil, what did he say? Submit to God. Submit to God. Listen. If you find yourself in a situation where the enemy touches you, let me tell you something. It is not because the enemy is powerful. It is because you found yourself in a vulnerable place. He's not supposed to be able to. I did an order call in the afternoon. If you're not born again, you must be born again. Maybe you didn't come in the afternoon. You must be born again. There is no amount of prayer. Eh? Quarreling with your father cannot change your DNA. If the devil is your father, it's your father. He can talk, he can visit you anytime. Yes. You must be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's the only way. That's the only security. So you're either submitting to him in salvation. There are some people who are saved, but you just give an inroad. Some of you may be out of desperation for miracles. You go to one man, you see, even if you don't have discernment, there are ways to know now. Church where you they use back, enter. <laughs> they use back, enter church. And you say, I didn't know, you're a liar. You knew. <laughs> you were desperate, admit. A man of God under any guise. That requires money before he can be he can help you. 
That, that's a warning sign. Under any guise. Okay, drop it, drop this amount. Put it under that leaf. Uh-huh. You now say, I didn't know, I didn't, you are a liar. <laughs> you knew, you were just desperate. Submit yourself to God. Many of the deliverance cases I've had to handle, many of them, a, a fair percentage came from things like this. You went to a so-called man of God. He gave you one food to eat. Is he a chef? <laughs> you don't go chop fish now. now. You're now wondering what is happening. I don't know why my life is like this. Why? You, ah! <laughs> Any such person in your ignorance, or maybe consciously or unconsciously, but you have chosen to repent. Any such person, you've eaten anything, you know, that they gave you. It is coming out of you today. Yeah. Say loud, amen. Yeah. You know, and, and those people, when you, when you use your hand for transactions like that, it's transactional. You wanted riches, you wanted this, so they gave you one small demon. At the airport's house, this demon. Now you are complaining. That's cheating. <laughs> True life story. I was, I was preaching at our camp meeting some, some years ago. I wanted to, you know, one lady began to manifest, so the two got to the office. When I came in, the demon said, it's not fair. <laughs> True life, oh my God, were you there? Yeah, you, it's not fair. I did this and this for our parents, and then we gave her this. Oh yeah? Tell the parents to give me back what I give them. That's, not, that's what the demon was saying. It's not fair. The deal was, they didn't know that that was the deal. I help you. You said you want this and this, financial help. Okay. Your daughter will never have children. True life story. So I say, I'm sorry, I was not there. But the one that sent me said, you shall cast out devils. And as the demon was about to leave, he looked at me angrily and said, because of you, she will have children. Are you listening to me? Keep playing in this life. They play, have you? <laughs> this for that cause. <laughs> if I say, when I get doings, Another easy one people miss. I will show you two texts for this. Ephesians chapter 4, 26 and 27. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Come on, are you there? Everybody read together one to go. Be angry and do not sin. Hold on. Listen, it's understandable. See, some people have the gift of annoyance. They see. It doesn't matter how meek and lowly you are. They will draw it out of you. Have you met an annoying person before? 
They will push you to the wall. They know how to. They, your last nerve. They won't just step on it. They'll be jump. They'll be, they will do leg work on it. <laughs> but the Bible says, "Be angry and do not sin." See, oh my God! It says, "Do not let the sun go down on your wrath." It's a warning sign. When one day you are angry, two days, three days. Be honest. Have you been so angry you could not pray? Are you, are you now seeing is the devil? It can be an inroad. Sometimes you may be angry at God because you don't, you genuinely do not understand what is going on. Maybe like Job, you don't understand spiritual authority. You've been enjoying grace. And now, the devil says, this is cheating. Give him a fair fight. Instead of you to take your stand against the devil, you're saying, God, why did you do this? That's not how spiritual warfare works. Are you understanding it? I can't go into the intricate details of what happened with Job, but you now understand it. Throughout the Bible, God will not resist the devil for you. So the fact that there was a hedge without him taking his authority in the first place, that was even messy. That was mercy. Read it all through the, from chapter 3 to the end. He didn't challenge Satan once. Angry at God. And I know what it's like. I know what it's like when things happen that you don't understand. Ah, but don't let the devil use that to get you. Please, let me say this prophetically. God did not kill your dad. He's not the reason that loved one died. He's not the reason you lost your job. It's a lie of the devil. The Bible says only good, not just every good, but only good comes from God and the Father of light with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. If it is bad, it is the devil. Please, are you listening to me? It's not God. And if bad things happen, it's an, it's an occasion for you to grow in your consciousness of authority. That's why you're listening to the word of God right now. Don't let the devil take you away from church. Some of you, this church that God is using to save your life, you now, you know, the most annoying one. You, you date, then the thing is spoiled. Then you don't want to be seeing each other again, so you stop coming to church. Then they have gotten you. They have gotten you. And when you were doing, doing, is, and the reason you have to run away is because in the relationship, you two, you didn't calm down. Two days relationship, you're already wearing and go. Both of you are, are sewing the same clothes. You, you know, calm down. <laughs> now, now the thing don't spoil. You're not, you're not running away as if it's divorce. <laughs> But every two days, my view, your view. You know, you won't, you won't, you won't read your book. The Bible says, looking up to Jesus, it says, my view, your view.
Let me wrap this up. And so, Ephesians 4, 26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, look at the next verse. Everybody read verse 27 together. Loud as you can, one, two, go. Don't give place to the devil. He's telling you he can use your anger. Maybe you are here. Your dad upset you so much. You come to church, but you say, I will never forgive him. And the devil says, good. You know that thing people do in secondary school where someone is annoying you and then someone will be amplifying it. The person says, get out. He says, ah. <laughs> he said, you are a vagabond. <laughs> ah, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> amplify it. And then if you are not wise, you will be volume. <laughs> <laughs> the devil is doing that for you. Like, too, why will he do that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Be very smart. Very smart. You know, one very senior Man of God in this country heard some things about me that were not true. Yeah. Just imagine I'm going around and I receive a phone call. How dare you this? Hey. Thank God for wisdom. <laughs> there are some people you don't just vex. What is this? You are anointed, I'm anointed. <laughs> Even Satan will say, thank God. Though. Satan will say, thank God. <laughs> I was quiet like this. I said, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I said, it's not true, sir, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm listening to you. Hey, you know what Paul said? He says, for we are not ignorant. Hey, are, are you getting it? You know, are you, I hope you are aware he was talking about forgiveness. Hey, hey. We are not ignorant of his devices. Don't let the devil find legitimate reason to attack you. Hallelujah. For some of you, you just it's, for some of you, it's, it can be immorality. Hey, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Really? You did date allergy. Okay. See, I hope you know sometimes I speak as if I'm speaking generically and I'm precise. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are being with someone you don't know where he has been. Eh? There are categories of sin, self. He says every other sin is without the body. Don't, don't joke with this temple. Are you with me? sleep with a dog and be wondering what is happening in your life. We are wondering. In this meeting, before we move on, you will assess your life. A self-assessment. Are you with me? A self-assessment. Before you resist the devil, you submit yourself to God. Okay. Even if you were wrong, God, I was wrong. 
Please, are you listening? I was wrong. When you have sorted that out, he says, resist the devil and he will what? It's not trial and error. He's telling you what you should do and what will happen. Oh my God! When you resist the devil tonight, he will what? He's telling you that your authority can make the devil run. Did you know that before? Maybe it didn't dawn on you that way. Because in the, respectfully, the Nollywood Gospels, the pastor, the Babala will be fighting. Then the pastor will win, but he will almost die. <laughs> That's not what I read in my Bible. <laughs> he said, if you resist the devil, he will what? Praise the Lord. You believe that, right? And then the final thing you ought to know is this. When it comes to exercising your authority, you have to be conscious of the name. Be conscious of the name. I'm saying conscious. I'm not just saying mention. We just assume that all you need to do is mention it. It's deeper than that. Are you aware the Bible did not even say at the mention of the name Jesus? The Bible didn't say that. He says that at the name, not at the mention. Not necessarily at the... For instance, when... Oh my God. Are you with me? When the shadow of the man of God falls on the sick and they get healed, he didn't mention anything, but he was in the name. There is a difference. There is a difference. The seven sons of Sceva... They went and they mentioned the name. They said, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preached. They mentioned it. It is not just a dimension. It is in the name. So, he's talking about being immersed, being baptized in the name. It's a difference. So, it comes by being saved and being conscious. The name is a place to enter, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So now, your entire civilization and the modus operandi of your life is in the name. Come on, are you with me? That's why Paul said to the church at Colossae, he says, whatever you do in, the, in word or in deed, do in the name of Jesus. And in dependence upon his person. That means... You no longer approach challenges with your own rights. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. I'm a great man of God, but I come in the name of Jesus. I am a faithful Christian, but I come in the name of Jesus. I study my Bible, but I come in the name... In fact, let me surprise you. I pray, but I come in the name of Jesus. Do it in the name of Jesus. And how do you use the name? It may be with words or with deed. Whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus and in consciousness of his person. Tonight, you will use your words. Come on, are you with me? I said you will use your words. And the word of God is going to work for you tonight. Are you ready now? Right there on your seat, I give you a few minutes for personal introspection. The Bible says, test yourself, except you be reprobate. If it is unforgiveness or anger, whatever might have given the devil an inroad, 
close that door now. Close that door. Close that door. Oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. 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 It might be an ex. You're not together again, but you are still so hurt. Give no place to the devil. Please, I know you are trying very hard to make sure the person by your side doesn't hear what you're saying. But don't do that at the expense of the effectiveness of what ought to be done. So make sure you're actually using your words. In the name of Jesus, I renounce any action. that gave the enemy an inroad to attack me. I, I denounce. I denounce. I denounce. I denounce. Some of you need to repent. I repent. I repent. Hmm. I repent. I repent. I repent. <laughs> I repent. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.